Hey now, welcome to the dirty side of the track, America's leading Formula One podcast. I'm Brian, that's Rob. We are so excited you're here. We actually have some fun topics this weekend. I can't wait to get into them. What's going on, Rob? Yeah, we kind of decided that one of the news stories of the week kind of got, well, maybe me a little bit more riled than you. I think you might be riled as well, but it was definitely a Not as much old as Jim you. walking down to the bus stop. He had to experience a real-life, in-person Rob's rant oh, uh, over one of the news topics. So and it was me and you kind of passed it back and forth. You're like, huh, being as there isn't really much going on this week, let's make that our kind of little topic of conversation. So we're going to do news and social. Uh, Brian's going to open up the video vault. Then we are going to discuss the wonderful world of street tracks and their place in Formula One. Uh, and then after that, we have the first DRS of season three. Um, we had brand new music created for our new Who Wants to Be a Bozo quiz show. Um, and it felt only apt um, and also maybe last minute swap out of someone that couldn't make it. But it felt only apt that Andy... Uh, my buddy from back home that has been so amazing with all the music for us, he'd given us this quiz show music and we were like, well, maybe you could run the quiz for the first time. So Andy of Sandwich, fan, uh, Sandwich Rant fame, uh, the Valtteri song, the Pit Lane Pool song, just uh, just so just many brilliant. other things. So, yeah, he's fantastic. So that's going to be the running order. So let's, uh, let's, let's jump, jump in. in. So the first story, two, obviously, yeah, go for it. Yeah. You explain it because this gets you oh. so riled up, and we'll put a pin in it. But I do want to put one note on outside of outside of it. Okay, so. so there were two two big big stories this week. First one is Madrid announcing their mm. their race, <clears throat> and I'm not going to get riled up yet because we're going to talk about it later, Brian. So what did you want to mention about this story? We will talk about it later. But the part that always gets me going is that it was then explained little more than a rumor, little less than confirmation that Madrid will be paying F1 almost twice as much as Barcelona is. And over 10 years will be $500 million. Now, Ching. yeah, we've talked about this a lot. The fact that Abu Dhabi ends the season every year like a fart in the wind because no one likes the track. It never delivers what we want. And they pay to be last. So people are now just basically paying to get their events on the calendar. And F1's like, oh, money's good. And they don't look at the racing. We'll get into that more. I just want to talk get about the money that, part. Yeah. We'll leave the money part out later. But that's so, a lot of money. <laughs> second second big story of the week that, um, I don't know, I want to ask your opinion here, Brian, as to whether this is a marketing person's dream or nightmare. Because let's just say that the internet's reaction... I haven't almost seen all of Formula One gather around together and go, what? <laughs> As Alpha Tauri finally rebranded and became the Visa Cash App RB. RB right. F1 team. Yeah, that's um, good. They've apparently amended their entrant list with the FIA now that the RB doesn't necessarily stand for racing, racing balls. balls. It's an enigma as to what the RB stands <laughs> for. It's Ooh. Red Bull. They're going to put a little JR after Red Bull Junior is what it's going to be. Yeah, man, what a bad name. But you know what? The good thing is, like you said, the uh, internet came together. We race for money. The same reason that Madrid will be on and Barcelona will be off and the name is filled with sponsors. We got ready for this. We were we were taught this at the hand of Kick Steak Sauber Steak Kick Team yeah, but Sauber. At least they kind of rebranded and just spent they're gonna be known as Steak F one and I'm right, okay right. with that. Agreed. I like, am too. I am too, but I'm just saying we went through that whole process and we're ready yeah. for it now and we will have to rename these teams and i'm sorry i'm not calling them v carb and i'm not calling them visa or cash app i'm not even gonna call them 
uh, Alpha Tauri. Uh, sorry, you lost that by changing your name to this. So Toro Rosso is back, or Minardi. So, if you really want to go back, but I like Toro Rosso. Well, no. So uh, so I was listening to um, went for a run this morning. Listened to two podcasts, and one of them was friend of the show Nate Saunders on Pad Hot. And they just basically had a 26-minute Rob's rant over what a rubbish name this is. <laughs> um, so I won't steal all of everything. You should go and listen to it. They're very will, funny. I but will. they were basically saying that, um, you know, when people say, oh, it's Minardi. No, hang on a minute. Red Bull did buy Minardi. So they bought it outright. Yes. You don't need to remember the Minardi team anymore. And they did a really cool thing by sticking to the Italian roots, but also wanting to reflect their new Bands. ownership and went with Toro Rosso. Yes. Absolutely chef's kiss of a name if you're going to yes. kind of look to try to do heritage of the uh, of the location but also the new ownership amazing alpha tari i'm just gonna steal your abu Dhabi. it's a fart in the wind i mean it was it yeah. was just <laughs> it was a nothing but at least it was still the name of the team and whenever we've got all these other sp headline sponsors that have come in whether it's you know mercedes have got them amg and you've got the aram or whatever that's aramco aramco Petronas, and, blah, blah, blah. and people yeah. but there's still a, an actual entity that is kind of like the owning part of the team so people will call them aston martin or mercedes or you know yeah. even red bull have got oracle in front of them and no one cares about all that because they've got an actual name what are these guys now the rbs <laughs> yes something I've you want to get jumping and drive across I america you, in i'm going toro rosso i'm going back that's where i'm stopping you're right not minority they are not Alpha Tauri. It's Toro Rosso, and 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 I'm and gonna be the, that guy. I'm gonna be the person who keeps calling it Twitter. I'm gonna start calling them Toro Rosso, and then I'll tell people to get off my lawn, much like you. And and and, and this is what they kind of concluded on there. They were like saying, if they'd have gone back to Toro Rosso, they would have got some love from the F1 community. Mm. And if they'd been the Visa Cash App Toro Rosso oh, F1 yeah. team, would have been everyone good. would have been happy. Although what they're saying is, apart from the people paying for the headline sponsorship, because they know. If they come in with all their mega bucks and call it Visa Cash App Toro Rosso, their name is going to get dropped as quickly as we drop uh, Aramco Cognizant because no one's going to call it that, right? So, but what the heck are the commentary team going to call them, do you reckon? Are they going to lean into VCARB or? I don't know. I don't know. The The real question will be will Daniel Ricardo change his name to Visa Ricardo and just see if he can capitalize on some cash too? <laughs> I think they might have been on the same podcast, but they were talking about how what's going to be brilliant is, okay, okay the commentary team and the journalists have got to get used to what they're going to call them, right? But when they interview, like, Yuki, do you reckon he's going to know what team he drives? No. Lewis can't even get Mercedes's right. That's a lot easier, so I don't I don't see. We, oh, talked, man, we talked about liveries here, and uh, Rob, I don't know if you have the dates again. I know we hit them a couple times, but the story I wanted to highlight that I saw was a post that said, Watch for leaks this year. Now, we obviously had McLaren go early. McLaren popped out and said, hey, we want all the glory for a week and we'll do our livery early. But then a lot, you know, these teams' liveries will be on the academy cars, on the academy's lined driver on their car. So the question became one of, A, now it's being shared more widely. Will it leak that way? And B, when do the academy cars kind of come out? So there's a real question on the the breadth with which these liveries are being shared, and will we see because of it? So I'm I'm here for it. I'm excited. Like I know it's not a car reveal. You and I have long gone past that. It's a relaunch, which is cool. I got no problems with that. Um, yeah, I'm but still what Mercedes going to do on the 14th then? I will show us. Oh, sorry, no, say McLaren. What are McLaren going to do on the 14th? Do you think? Because uh, they're still in there, well, saying they're launching yeah. the car on the 14th. Lando so. and Oscar, how well they talk about the colors? I don't know. Um, I can't wait though, because I put money. 
Well, not real money, but I bet that Haas would have one of my favorites. And McLaren did a good job because that was your bet for one of your favorites. So we'll see if Haas can pull something out of the fire. I'm hoping, like I said already, their Chipotle tie-in, they turn like the battery on a Williams into a burrito. Please, God, please let it be true. It's not happening, Brian. But did you see there was um, a tweet that I've kind of pinned and said, we've got to come back and check this out because it was uh, Mr. Pulse Darren on Twitter. Um when the final locked-in dates came out, said, huh, isn't it funny that the cars are being launched in what will probably be the reverse order for the Constructors' Championship this year? Are they and really? if you look at the order that they're coming out in, it's Haas, uh, Sauber, Williams, Alpine, Visa Cash App, Red Bull, We Race for Money, uh, Aston Martin, <laughs> Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, Red Bull. I mean... That's funny. That's hilarious. That was hilarious. Uh, All right. We had some driver signing. You want to highlight this? Because you wrote this first note, and I want to highlight your spelling uh, is right, but bothered me when it. You're correct. Okay. So Charles resigned, and all they said was it was a multi year deal. And I was Charles... like, well, okay, is that just a couple of years through to the new regs? But then they McLaren came out and said that Lando had signed a multi year. So, okay, we've got these two usages of multi year. I'm like, okay, what does that really mean? And then science wasn't being announced but now there's a rumor mill suddenly going around that ferrari looking to extend him to 2029 now that's therefore very specific so if you're not going to name how long charles and uh lando and do you think they're on five-year deals or or more i mean what do you what do you reckon those two are on where science doesn't get the same uh nomenclature they don't call it multi-year deal for science they say oh yeah we're going to probably sign him to 2029 but charles is on a multi-year deal so who's got the longer deal (laughs) So here's my take on it. And again, it's all happening now. Someone will have the answer for us in the next week, too, I'm sure. First off, you wrote Charles resigns for some time. I read it as resigns. And I'm like, he quit? And then I had like a momentary heart attack. I thought he resigned, not resigned. So there's got to be a way to make these two words look a little different. Uh, We should have put a hyphen in there, but never mind. I don't know if you need it or not, but all I know is I had a heart attack. Number two, I believe, because Charles is viewed as by far the number one at Ferrari. Forget what Carlos does on the track and how much we like Carlos, but they view him as the number one. Lando's clearly viewed as the number one at McLaren, and Zach gives him the treatment that Christian gives Max. I tell you this because I believe the reason they don't put a date on these multi-year deals is because there's optionality that I don't think yeah. they're going to give close. And I think it could go both ways. I think it could be the team's option to extend at some incredibly high rate, or it could be the driver's option to bail or cut it short if they want to Look get at out. 2026, see how yes, the car reacts correct. to new regs. So like, yeah. I think there's probably potentially both directions of options being put into these contracts. And multi-year is easier to say than like 26, asterisk, unless the car sucks and then he leaves. And 27, we can resign if we want to pay $70 million a year kind of thing. I don't know. I could be wrong, I guess. Okay. So you, you reacted. I'll let you fill in the blanks as to why you think this. But there was a big kind of rumor swirling around that the thing that might kick off silly season this year is so many drivers contracts up in the air was that Red Bull were absolutely hot for Charles Orlando. Now, Horner's obviously sobbing into his coffee as he reads the (laughs) newspapers there that both of them have signed. So if those two are locked in now and you, while lots of drivers still have contracts up in the air, but it normally needs that kind of domino effect to kick in. I said, I wonder how this will impact silly season. You said not at all. So what, what, take us through why you think I that. don't think those guys were leaving anyway. I don't think Lando was leaving. I didn't think Charles was going to leave. I don't think Carlos is going to leave. I think it's all the other teams where everybody's contract ends at the end of the year. I think we're going to see the world's biggest game of musical chairs and the entrance of a lot of rookies uh, starting this summer. And, and I, I, I still stick by it. I don't think there's an in-season seat change unless Checo stinks his way out of the beginning, first half. 
but I do think we'll see, I think we'll see at least eight driver changes for five new spots. So I think it's going to be big. I just didn't think it was going to be the headliners, you know, the quote headliners. I'm doing air quotes, even though we don't do YouTube, uh, quote YouTube, the headliners. I think, I think everyone else is going to be moving around. I just, I really do. It might well be. It's just, uh, like I say, normally there's that domino effect that sort of kicks it all off. So, and and, and a lot of the dominoes now seem to be slotting back into place just, again. Just just a couple uh, of the big dominoes, which I didn't well, no, think I don't were going see, anyway. So, Checker might stick them place out. Max isn't going anywhere. Both McLarens right. are pretty yeah, much locked in. Both Mercedes, Mercedes are locked in. in both Ferraris, Ferraris are locked in. in. Yeah, so yeah. we're now we're now nearly four, maybe five teams out of a ten. And we team said Lance grid probably wasn't going because his dad owns a team. But Fernando's oh, yeah, so a little is... more of a wild card. And then yeah. every other team, everyone's done. I mean, like. Haas yeah, are done. Alpha Tauri, or sorry, Toro Rosso are done. Alpine are done. Um, Williams are done. I mean, like, oh, everyone else is wide open. True. It's silly True. season for half the, the teams. So I still think we're going to see it because it's the last year before the regs change and people are trying yep. to check out what they got. And we haven't seen rookies. We saw, you know, three rookies last year and two of them are back. Uh, one of them washed out. It's time. There's a, a glut of good talent out there. Speaking of, of yeah, I'm not. I'm not really. Of, oh, oh, yeah, before we you want to ruin one, my segue. I'm, I'm, Thanks, man. I'm going to ruin your segue because I'm not. I'm not really all in on that. I don't know that. Um, I do want to see rookies come through, but I don't know that um, they have to all the time. And I don't know if the American audience expects it because it's a bit like the draft that you've always got new blood coming into a, a sport. Whereas, like here, it should be a meritocracy. And if the drivers are good enough, why should someone else come in now? There have been good rookies. We like look at look at Oscar, but there's also been ones that have stunk the place out. So, um, just because you have done well in F2, I don't know. I I don't know that it necessarily has to be rookies every year. So, Sap Stats impromptu. Thirty five percent of the grid is the same as it was a decade ago. So that, that, <laughs> there is talent out there. These aren't like 30, like a year, 10 years ago, we didn't get the best glut of drivers ever. And they've stuck around because no one's challenged them, but they've stuck around because no one wanted to try out rookies and take the risk and let uh, them grow maybe, and become maybe, what but they the rookies that other than like, we did this when we looked at the rookies, right? You look at the rookies that have come through in the past 20 years and who have actually really gone on to be like, a, it's Lewis. Well, but. Oh, who had a rookie year, you're saying? No, I'm no, no. Who's big, come in as a rookie and then absolutely stuck around and been amazing and dominated. And, and, and uh, you know, Max did and worked his way Max. up eventually. But, yeah, but he was, no, he was Everybody's been a rookie season. at some point. No, but, well, yeah, I know. No one comes I just, in. I don't, I don't born. see this need. I don't see this need for this factory production line. If they're, if they're still doing a good job, then they, should, they shouldn't just automatically get punted out the other end because every year you've got to bring a rookie through. All right. Well, well, let's let's agree to disagree on this one. See, I think, I think opinion, this is the American draft system in play no, here. It's, it's like you've the, got to bring a youngster through every year. Well, maybe it's an American thing, but it ain't the draft system. It's the idea of upside. You know what you have in a driver like Joe. There's nothing wrong with Joe. He's a good driver. But if you look at a rookie who might take a year to get there, who may have more upside, you may see more. You've seen jo that. Joe's been I there get a bit. That, but yeah. yeah, it's. Uh... It's all about optimism and talent, baby. That's the American system. Yeah, all but they, right, they, they've got to have the talent to oust them, right? Look at DeVries. Well, that's the hard in. part. No rookie's going to come in. Coming in. Look oh, at Schumacher, unfortunately, coming in. I mean, you don't like giving people a chance, do you? You know, this is the problem maybe with F1 is because it's such a small pinnacle of the sport, right? In order to give somebody a chance, you have to boot probably a yes. good driver out. And you will take a dip um, in that first year and you have yeah, to hope yeah, they yeah. come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I then. Agree. Okay, anyway, so we, we, we go on. That's your segue that we've ruined of uh, we, rookies. You. 
You've ruined it. So speaking of young people <laughs> on the grid, which was a good segue then and still now, um, Ferrari announced uh, a couple drivers into its uh, as test and reserve drivers. Oliver Behrman? I screw this name up all the time. Yeah, let's go with that. And then they also tweeted Arthur Leclerc again, who had been in the Ferrari Driver Academy and then I thought was out. And the timing is fascinating of of the Arthur Leclerc part, the tweet that went out like yesterday or two days ago, same time as Charles' long-term contract. So, I mean, I you know, do you think Charles is there? You got a clause like, in there saying you've got to bring him along as well. I'm pretty sure he's like, all right, you're going to need two pens for me to sign this agreement. One for me and one for my brother, Arthur. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Like, it was kind of coincidental because Arthur had left, I'm fairly certain, had been out of the Ferrari Driver Academy after having been in it. And now he's back with Oliver and they're still there with Antonio and Robert Schwartzman. So... I know some of them are moving on to WEC and other series, but that's a pretty good stable they've got there at Ferrari. True. And then you lost your mind over uh, Apple Vision. This, I mean, it did look amazing, but you found it and you lost your you lost your mind over it. So you so Peter you Peter in the Pacific Northwest, if you're listening right now, thank you for sending that in. Um, that was amazing. So the idea of virtual reality, and we're watching Apple come out with their Vision Pro, and the idea of what you can see with. Um, sort of projecting onto your your screen of your vision, your field of vision on glasses. And, you know, we're seeing all of these things happen again and grow. Could you imagine what you can do with F1? And they showed it. And please check our tweet uh, about this. But it's amazing. Could you see watching the race and instead of having, like, a different TV for multi-viewer, which is great, instead of that, you can actually have the, the, the track right in front of you on the floor or on a table, oh, and you can was... navigate it and see who's where and where the cars are as you watch the feed above. I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, this would be great. Um, but the thing that actually Peter and I were trading notes uh, about is what does that do for interacting with people? Or So the States has a unique challenge, right? A lot of our races, I'm central time, 8 a.m. in the morning, most common time, 9 Eastern for Rob, 6 a.m. for the West Coast. So more often than not, unless you're a raging alcoholic like Rob, you're not drinking beer at a bar with other people at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. Now, you're kind of watching alone. However, we're seeing, you know, sometimes in the evenings, like, you know, the Great great American Vegas race at midnight, 1 a.m., because they really want us to watch it during the day in prime time. Um, but, but you watch these races. Now there's more chance for kind of going to a bar or hanging out with friends and watching some of these. Things. You're not going to do that. If this thing exists, you're just going to sit in your house with your glasses on, uh, you know, staring at the TV and the wall and basically mm. like do it. So like, I, I love this. I, idea. I'm just trying to visualize a world where I give up going to a bar to have a beer. And right. That's my point. This isn't, this that's a downside to it. No, it's not because I'm never going to choose sitting and watching an illuminated thing over the floor. Well, no, that's, why, that's the downside. People, I think, will want that interaction. And in America, as it grows, we'll get out of the watching in a cocoon in the early in the morning, and we'll figure this out. I think that could hurt the adoption of something like that. Yeah, you're right there. I, I'm doing some mental gymnastics to keep up with you here. Right. But and the last kind of thing I have uh, before we hit the video is just a note for everyone. Last year we did February F1 fantasticness just like March Madness, a bracket, we talked about the best drivers. And there was a lot of great interaction on Twitter. We're going to do it again this year, but with a different topic. The topic that we'll talk about in a minute. More to come on February F1 Fantasticness. Check on Twitter. Share with your friends. Vote. As we say in Chicago, vote early and vote often. 
And then finally, Rob, I want to thank you. You put the last year we updated our logo. It's behind you right now. I know people can't see it, but it's behind you on the flag that I had made for us. Um, and uh, you put them on the shirts. You updated them on the shirts, and I appreciate that. And I got my friends, a couple of my friends, I got some new shirts. Next time, make it higher up, higher up. It's like right in the middle of the shirt. Like, you know you have access to Redbubble, and you just do it yourself rather than trying to broadcast it on the pod. I understand that, but I didn't know where that, and they all got delivered. I'm like, oh, they should have been higher up. <laughs> just be complaining. All right, and no response to that? Nope. All right, well, let's open up the, uh, the vault door. So one piece of news we didn't hit, but is video or social related, and this is just purely video. Drive to Survive was announced February 23rd, season six. Are you excited or no? Because every time we talk about this, I can never remember, like, you loved it for a while and then thought it was overdone, right? Yeah, I just thought last season was junk. Just, I just, if they could try to recapture some of the uh, early seasons, like season one and season two, when it was just a bit more documentary, fly on the wall type thing. I think yeah. I'll put a little bit of drama in, but now they've just gone like, don't let facts get in the way of spinning a drama that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, could, I hope they kind of peel it back just a little bit because there's a really good product there. I just felt like they just went a little bit overboard last season. Um, so, come on, come on, this one could be good. Let's go back to their roots and give us a good season. I'm keeping my finger crossed. I can't wait. Yeah, me too, because I was just so disappointed. Literally, the highlight of last year's one, I think, was uh, Bonotto and uh, Steiner driving around the theatre in Italy. Yeah. Uh, first episode, and that was it. They peaked on the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, right, what you found for us this week? I have three of them. First off, preparing for the 2024 F1 season with Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll on the Aston Martin channel. Nearly eight minutes long. It's mainly Fernando, which is great. It was like it was really good uh, kind of conversation. Did you learn a lot? Not really, but it's not far away now. It's a good reminder that the first race is next month, at the end of next month, but still next month. So I appreciated that. Thank you, Aston Martin. Uh, Coincidentally, F1 channel dropped Charles Leclerc's finest Ferrari moments so far. Five minutes, five and a half minutes. Loved it. Like literally the day the contract was announced. So basically, Charles signs his contract, his brother signs a contract, and F1 puts a video out. I think they were all in cahoots, as we would say here in the States. And then the last video, 12 times restarts got chaotic. A new drop from the F1 channel, nearly 11 minutes. I love this. I love these kind of retrospective through the years you know yeah black flag moments or teammate battles or you know crazy restarts this was a good one and it's not all there's not a lot of there's not too much recency bias which i appreciate so some older videos made it in there about yeah. chaotic restarts i loved it did you chance to and see I'm any gonna, of these or? i'm gonna i haven't seen any of these actually this i've been i've, been, I've had a busy normally it's you that's sort of traveling with work and never get a chance to do anything but i've had a busy one this week so you know get my little violin out and play a, a tune for me that i'm all <laughs> sad but I, i'm just going to drop one in here that isn't a video but it's a podcast so yeah um the second podcast i listened to on my run this morning was uh engine breaking podcast and they've got rob smedley uh on and it's just a great interview uh i try not to do too many spoilers it's basically broken into two pieces one kind of um his time in f1 through the stewart team jordan team i think uh being as part being part of ferrari as they went on their team of dom uh, to their stint of domination and then coming back to williams and he really talks about like 
rocking up in Williams and doing an assessment of like how far behind are they in terms of all the other teams because he came across to Williams at a time where they were no longer the force they used to be and th their job was to try to pull the pieces back together again and start getting Williams back on the back uh, on the right path so that part of the interview is great then he starts talking about what he's doing now but the global karting league where um there is a sentence I'm just gonna I, I, I haven't written it down but I'll steal it just to set it up said that there's such a high barrier to entry in things like Formula One and professional motorsport that as a kid, if you're going to go karting, you've got to spend ridiculous money each year. And it makes it such an elitism. And it makes it that the ones that make it through are almost paying to win because you can just keep investing, buy better cars, buy better team, da 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 da, da And there's no meritocracy as much that there should be. And he said, imagine a world where you took, say, and I'm going to use football, soccer, sorry, Brian, where if you only allowed a certain number of people to play the game, and, and had a barrier to entry that you had to pay a lot of money to pay, the game would have been robbed of people like Pele, Messi, um, Neymar, uh, the original Ronaldo, not the Portuguese one, because a lot of these came from kind of, you know, uh, poorer areas, backstreet areas, and you, the game would have been robbed of most of its stars if you had that barrier to entry. So he set up this global karting league where he calls it arrive and drive. You just turn up in your overalls and this company lays on uh, all of the carts and you get to do outdoor outdoor karting, 60 mile an hour electric carts. Um, and you pay, they were saying like karting can get up into the hundreds of thousands a year to Damn. be part of. This thing costs at most five grand a year. So still not as cheap as like buying a ball at your sports uh, sure, uh, center sure. and going and, and um, kicking never, the ball I mean, around. It's but... a car. It's never going to be free. This is a Well, much you're not buying more... the car, but yeah. Correct. Yeah, so... You have a fractional component to be able to use. So anyway, I don't want to ruin too much of it. It's a really good, cool. uh, really, really cool. good listen. And um, yeah, go, go, go check that one out. That's really neat. But then please come back and listen to us. Don't stay listening to Engine Braking forever. Just go, just, you know, share the love. <laughs> Yeah, especially now that break's not there anymore. Um, we're getting to know Dan. Working on it. Uh, and then the last thing as we close, just a weirdo thing, and we're not, we won't get into like numbers per se, but the Prost video on YouTube. So just to be clear, right, we used to put up video videos, and then YouTube changed a bunch of stuff. And so now we are YouTube component is effectively our audio with the image, the cover art um, there. And I thought to myself when this happened, oh boy, no one's going to check out our YouTubes anymore because, you know, Rob and I are so handsome and people are checking us out to see our reactions and so forth. Well, the Alan Prost video has like 110 views in a couple days. Like, I don't understand how that happened. The whole thing it's is It's our long. best performing video, basically. Full-length video, correct. It's We've had a lot much better shorts, but the full-length video went nuts. And it's, and it's just a static image of Alan's bouffant and our voices. So thank you for listening. Uh, and to everybody listening on the Florida Sports Stream as well, thank you for listening. I was just confused with such high traction on the Prost video. Without my glorious mug in the background. But let's go to where right. we're going today. I was Rob. gonna say that's the vault closed. I'm getting ready. I'm limbering for up it. for my rant. Yeah, you, I'm gonna um, let you I'm gonna go take a nap for five minutes. You do your thing. No, actually, I'm not I'm not gonna rant that much. I'm just gonna say <laughs> BS. I don't think street tracks deserve as much of a slice of the pie of an F1 calendar as they're about to get. Like right, right now, and we can debate how many we think we've got. We've got anywhere between six to eight uh, street tracks, and then we're going to get Madrid added as well. So, out of a 24 race calendar, we're going to have like a third of it street races, and it just annoys the heck out of me. Monaco, I can. I can live with because it's kind of historical, it's glamorous, and okay, it's fun to watch the cars go around those streets, uh, narrow streets. But 
they're not purpose-built to unleash right. the beasts of these machines, right? There's people like Adrian Newey that spend all this time trying to make these things an absolute monster to fly around tracks that were, guess what, custom-built to allow these things to do what they do. Right. And that's what they've been doing, like, forever, but with maybe Monaco slotted in. And then over time, a couple have been added, and it's been okay because it's been, like, one or two as an anomaly out of it. But... The thing that's really getting my goat right now, and the Madrid thing just absolutely stinks of it, is it is what you always say, we race for money. We race for money. So it's this sport is now catering for the rich tourist that has more money than cents, that doesn't really want the... Um, more dollars uh, than the, cents? Yeah, more. <laughs> that doesn't really want the kind of... Uh, problem with having to travel out into the middle of nowhere oh right. what you want me to drive out two hours into the middle of a countryside right. to find a field that i'm gonna have to park my car in and then go and watch cars race and what else is around there what do you mean nothing no i want to be in a downtown city area where i can watch some cars go around if it, if it takes my fancy but if not there's gonna be all this other stuff that i can spend my money on and and they're turning liberty are turning f1 into a tourist experience for the weekend so even if the in my view that even if the racing sucks because it's the street track not designed for it if they've been looking at the vegas sphere and they've been having fun in the casinos and seeing all the sights of vegas they're going to come away from that weekend with a good feeling of that was a good weekend i want to do that again next year now if you, the, if you ask the question was the racing good they might go uh, i don't really remember i was having so much fun in vegas i didn't and that's what's annoying me brian it's 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 becoming a tourist trap experience package and they don't care about racing anymore. There we go. That's my. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I I can't disagree with the thing you said. That's the problem I have is I can't find the counter argument to what you said. I agree. Some street tracks are fun, right? Like just fun from a spectacle, not usually from the race. And I love watching Monaco. I love Baku. Baku actually does have some decent racing, less overtaking than we'd had in years prior. But uh, I really love Baku, and I'd love to go to it if we weren't at a bad time this year when they did it to the back half of the kidder. Um, that's well, and, that, and that's 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 a that's a point is yeah. that like Baku, and we'll get onto this in a minute. What we thought we'd do is we'll have a look at what's currently yeah. considered the street tracks, and we'll kind of decide if we like them or not. And then we'll take a look at some race tracks that we've lost throughout the years, and decide if we might like would we swap those street tracks back out for those race tracks. But Madrid really really epitomizes this brian because yeah, it's not even in downtown madrid it's in an industrial zone by a conference center where they're going to be racing past underpasses and if you google map that and drop a pin in that area and look around it there is nothing of a spectacle it's just we take oh, they don't even have a sphere. again i've gone again they don't even have a sphere i mean come on now so, so in, all, in all seriousness so I saw this, and I agree, and we kind of talked about this already a little bit, but Barcelona is used for testing, and it's been around, and like nobody like loves it. They like it, but it's not like beloved with everybody. And so there's complaints, because it's good racing, and it's a good track. There's complaints about this, but then the internet went nuts, because rumors came out, and some of these are, are supposed to be true, that Osaka, Japan wants a downtown Osaka street track. And everybody said, oh, my God, what if they do the same thing and swap out Suzuka? And at that point, people, like, said stop. Like, that's too much. You're taking too much. You cannot have you cannot have Suzuka. We already lost well, Barcelona, which I think yeah. looks like a crab with the sides with the pinchers. It does, yeah. And so, does, yeah. <laughs> so there's some deep insight for you. But people didn't like the Barcelona loss. They don't like it. 
but it was almost like, well, it's Barcelona. And it's a good track. I'm not saying it's a bad track. It's not like they took Paul Ricard and we celebrated. We're, <laughs> we're, we're sad. It's Barcelona. But then so if someone comes for Suzuka, we may have like a mutiny. We may have to actually oh, well, show up. So, so, so yeah. I poured fuel on there when I tweeted I out this because people were going down this route. And it's uh -huh. like, this is like ripping the Band-Aid off and kind of allowing people to get used to it each time. So the Barcelona for Madrid one, okay, yeah, people like me rant about it. But you're right. The, the people know the track too well because they test there so the racing isn't always great so people probably don't see that as too much of a loss you then throw in spas coming to an end uh -uh. there's not really a big city around there that they might trade right. it in for they might just drop spa off the track to make space for something else in no, a different area of the world don't. but suzuka that one could be under threat and that one did get people angry i'm like okay but if you t if you go down that thought process that liberty like city skylines that can bring tourists in how much of a reach is it to say silverstone is two hours away paul always moans about that he lives near silverstone traffic is an absolute nightmare on race weekend and the parking lot is basically a field and when it rains it's muddy and the cars get stuck so logistics and kind of the, <laughs> I thought the of this. all the stuff around it isn't brilliant but it's an absolutely fantastic racetrack with heritage and delivers great racing. Yeah. But if Liberty got a whiff that they could not renew that contract and have cars going past Big Ben and uh, Parliament and the London Eye, it, it it could happen. This not that is not a crazy thought that Liberty could put a London GP in for the and and, and God, not have Silverstone. Don't, don't and that makes that me sad. Yeah, don't let that happen, especially because London vetoed a sphere. So if they're not going to have a sphere, then they can't have the race. But the thing I'll say is and we don't have to use this as a framework. I just want to introduce the way I think of these tracks as we kind of hit the ones we're about to hit. In NASCAR, they have three categories, right? They have ovals, they have road courses, and they have one street course here in the city of Chicago. The city, it starts with C, ends with O, and has Hikag in the middle. And so it was the first ever street track. They have the road courses like Lake uh, Elkhart Lake up in Road America and all these other tracks around the country. And I think F1 has a, a little bit of an analog. Like we have, it's not ovals, but the, we have purpose-built year-round racetracks. Like Cota, Silverstone. Correct. And they're, they're fantastic. And you love them or hate them. Like, again, some of them I don't like, like Paul Ricard, but that's a racetrack, even if there are 47 options for each race. Two is the idea of a street track, and I'm at the other end. I went to the other end of the spectrum of the continuum, and it's a street track, and it is Monaco, it is Vegas, it is those types of tracks where it's in a city, and you bend to the streets, right? You bend the course to fit in the streets. There's something in the middle, though, like this weirdo anomaly, like a road course, similar to the way NASCAR uses the road course, like Albert Park in Australia, which is not really city streets, and I think was sort of built for the F1, but during the rest of the year, it's a park. And Gilles Villeneuve, right, in Canada, we were just there. Same thing. It's not really a street track per se because it's not on city streets, but it's a park. And when F1's not there, you know, the casino's out there and there's a lake and all kinds of beautiful things on that island that we've um, – that's different. But I agree with you. I think purpose-built year-round track is where I'd like to see more growth, and it seems like it's take, being taken off the calendar in favor of – city street city vistas skylines and spheres and i yeah, so if we that. if we're going to look at what we consider the street tracks i'm going to give albert park and jill verna for pass because i'm going to say that while they're not purpose-built racetracks they kind of are especially in canada because it's you can't even drive on there it's not right. a road it is a park and because and there's no buildings and there's no city lines they could make the track 
go where almost where they wanted uh, other than within constraints of the actual island um they could do what they want which is why we've got sweeping corners hairpins straights it, it looks like a real track if you took that track outline and dropped it in the middle of nowhere you'd believe it was a custom-built track right. you wouldn't say they fitted it around an a bunch island. of 90 so degree corners pass. to go around your buildings that yeah doesn't exist. so i think we've got at the moment um one two three four five six and then you've got a potential seven so let's just kind of go down them and say do we like them and and, and yes. uh pull them apart so you got baku uh azerbaijan um on the plus side you know this is a beautiful track i do like the old city part yes. and the castle kind yes. of area and 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 there does seem a good mix where maybe because the old town has old style roads it's not all kind of 90 degree turns and and uh, that kind of thing they maybe get a little bit more interest in the street track it does tend to be a procession and full of safety cars yeah. but well, what are you thinking on baku Brian? there have been some good races i like i like the runoffs this is, i'm probably the only person who's ever said i like the runoff areas but baku has more runoff areas that people have to avail themselves of and it's like shakes things up like no one's business the corners are great at Baku, there are some 90-degree corners, especially early on. You kind of brick it around the thing to get to Old Town. Yeah, the straight's really long. I love it. I think it's great. Keep it. It's one of my favorites, even though it's not always a banger of a race. We had a good one a year or two ago. It wasn't last year, two or three years ago, but I, I like it. It must what be before we started the pod, because I went back on all of these and looked at our notes we as to whether we notes. like these races or not. See, right before um, the pod started, I loved it. But yeah, I, I'd maybe. Say so, lo I love it. I, I can't say I love it. Like... um doesn't deliver great racing it delivers okay racing but if a street track has to exist on merit of the racing's okay and then it has a spectacle or an aspect that goes with it and makes you think oh it's, it's then this one actually is going to be towards the top of my list for street tracks i'm not going to put it above too many uh race design tracks but yeah I, something about the old town and the, and the castle and all that kind yeah. of stuff i like it so I it's, like the, it's I like okay the, the and we've talked about this and i i don't know if, if everyone's listening but um, especially somebody on Discord, but I'm going to keep it quiet. Um, one day, if we make it big, I'm renting one of those Airbnbs of one of those places with the patio that comes out. to keep out. it quiet. You've named him multiple times when you uh, tell this story. Uh, I'm, try I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself. But so I promised one person on the Discord to get join us. Renato. We... Yes, Renato. And so if you're listening to Renato from Dunedin, Florida, um, we will, and not there anymore, but the, we will, we, you come with us one day. Not yet. We gotta we gotta stop losing money and turn this thing around. But I love that too. Those balconies <laughs> right over the track. We're gonna need a few buy me a coffees to get a balcony in yeah. uh, in Baku. Um, yeah, we can just about afford a Facebook advert at the moment. But we're on our way. <laughs> we're on our way. Um, next one up. Whether you hate the racing, I think is the original street track and it's Monaco. Yes. yes. Um, Cars too big. Would be course too small. Yeah, yeah but I'd still be sad to see it go. If, if we if if we were stripping, if we were told that in twenty four race calendar you're only allowed to pick one racetrack, I wouldn't wouldn't skip a beat, and I'd say Monaco. If I had really? twenty three real racetracks and one street track, I'd throw Monaco in. Oh, there. That, okay, I didn't understand. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, it's my favorite Saturday. You've heard me say this many times. It is the most high risk qualifying on the calendar, yeah. and the Saturday is it's for people with with really really big onions, right, Billy Rafter? <laughs> And so you got to see what they got to do. It's the scary thing. And, and yes, it's a procession, but it's it's Monaco. It's Monaco. It's a procession. I mean, it's just... It can get rain affected, which can really spice things up. But you're right. Because it has that Saturday aspect, the jeopardy of knowing that qualifying means so much to your uh, Sunday, that that's kind of edges it above all Agreed. the others, plus Keep all the it. glamour and glitz in the history. Then we go to the fastest street track in the world. Oh, God. Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. 
Uh, let's not talk about the human uh, rights kind of stuff. Let's kind of just keep this at sport. But okay. Because it's a night race. I've I've never been as enamored with night races, other than maybe Vegas because of all of the neon. But in Saudi, it's just a lit up bright track. It's like a white stripe of track where all the bright lights are on it. So you don't really see anything of where it is. And all we really do is spend all of the time waiting for the next safety car because they've had about a bazillion of them in the uh, few years that they've run it. And it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like Jeddah. I'm kind of all right with it. I hated it in the beginning because I was afraid it was going to be too dangerous. Uh, I think I jokingly called it as I just did Monzaco. It's Monza type speed and Monaco type walls. And so I did not enjoy that aspect for drivers, just for safety. Like it's damn dangerous. That said, it's kind of growing on me. Like from the races we've had and whether it was, it was early in 22, so new regs. And it was just chaos because people were, it was like Charles was battling Max. The Alpines were fighting each other. In 21, it was at the end. It was almost not ready, if you remember that. And then yeah. Max and Lewis were backing off each other for the safety car line, or the DRS line. Oh, that me. was ridiculous. I know, but it was exciting. It was exciting. And then in 23, it was early in the year in Checo won. And we're like, whoa, we may have it. So, like, I don't know if we've had enough honest racing that's not contemporarily important because of what's happening around it on the calendar or the grid i'm with you it's not my favorite it's not my least favorite but it's it's on the corniche it's right on the water like and it's a night race show us the beautiful sea as well like give us a little more um but yeah it's i i could i could lose it and live put it that way yeah I, I agree and we got one which i don't i'm, I'm the jury's out on this one because from pure spectacle it ticked all the boxes sphere. and Brian fell in love with the sphere. sphere. So um, Vegas. Now we probably need to take off our rose tinted glasses of we, we loved it as a race, but I'm just worried that we loved it because the bar was set so low. Expectations were so low that it was going to suck so badly that actually, because it didn't suck as hard as we thought, we all thought it was an amazing race. And actually, but you know, Paul said they're looking forward to going back there next year. So but this one for me, I, I, I could probably be argued either way as to whether I really would want to see it remain. If if I'm going to go for a quota where we're not just going to have a single track, uh, street track on the calendar, so let's say let's say out of 24 races, we're going to allow ourselves. No, what should we allow ourselves? Two or three? Oh, I was going to say in four. Our, in our little ideal world, what are we going to have? Four. You think four? So 20 race tracks and four yeah, might, uh, yeah. street tracks. I okay, so we're going to have to pick four of these. Six, if I'm being honest, I I don't hate them no. as much as you do. I know. Oh, no. What do you put this up? So we don't have to do a total force ranking, but Vegas versus Jeddah. Slot in behind uh, Monaco, but as probably okay. my second favorite street track on this list here, I think. I, I really, it, it, it had ruined everything. It had done a great job at being terrible up until the race. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And then the race was okay. And we're like, hey, this is a lot better than it could have been. So I agree. I'd like to see it again, kind of see how it goes. Yeah. I did fall in love with the sphere. The glitz, the glamour, the hotels, oh, really? the neon. You never the mention it. Ooh, I could do more some sphere photoshops. Um, I literally was walking around at the gym talking to people about the sphere. They're like, who are you? I'm like, hi. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I know a lot of people were down on it too long or straight. We're, we're but... going to keep, we, I think the test is going to come in a minute where we look at some of the racetracks we've lost right. and really say, would you, if you had to, you're not allowed to get rid of any of the racetracks we've got on the calendar, but if you, ha if you could bring any of these back to get rid of uh, street tracks, would you or not? So anyway, we've so, got yeah. more to go. So Marina Bay. I we like 
I've looked at the res uh, reviews on this. Both of us, both times, have said really we we kind of liked it because Red Bull don't do very well here at the moment. <laughs> so even when we looked, we, me and you were both honest with ourselves. We looked back at last year's race and we were like, well, well signs won and it was great, but it actually like I think in the notes when I was looking at it, you wrote like a race of two halves almost, where it was just snooze fest for vast majority of the race, and it kind of came to life in the last sort of fifteen laps when it looked like science was going to be able to uh, bring it home. So and I don't think there's much spectacle there Nothing. Yeah, it's a I bit mean, meh I, so I, the only thing i would say is and i don't let me say this the correct way i enjoy when outside factors play i don't like when you go to qatar and it's a thousand degrees and people are passing out i don't that's not what i'm saying i don't i'm not saying i like a deluge where people have you know take their life in their own hands and like lando at spa and the crazy rain and seb's like i told you we should have red flagged it and lando had a bad axe i'm not saying that but singapore is hot and it's humid and the drivers all know it's one of the biggest tests of the drivers of the year I, it's a night track it's kind of neat how it's under some of the expressways and like the it's almost like they almost touch like a figure of eight but it's not I like it. They got that long straight where Checo messed up with a safety car with like too much space. I, I like I like Singapore. I well, like we've the just race. found who Liberty are targeting. We found the, the target audience for street tracks in my co-host here. But, uh... <laughs> Even though I said I don't like them, I don't. Uh, I agree with you that there's too many. Or go, but yeah, I like Singapore. It's one of my favorite street tracks. That and Baku. Keep them after Monaco. Mm, mm. Yeah, uh, we're gonna well, agree on this one. I might even be down on. Can I take this one? Because this is a for resident it. born in America, lived in Florida for a long time. I hate Miami. I hate it. <laughs> I've hated it for two years. It's and you've always told me, oh, it wasn't that bad. After the race, I go, that was a snooze fest. You go, could have been worse. It was okay. I actually have no problem with the fake water. I don't like the idea that they're in a stadium car park parking lot, as I would call it. Um, I've gone two or three times on the Florida Turnpike just to look at the racetrack. And they keep it, as we saw at the National Championship game or wherever the NCAA was there for football. Um, you know, they keep a lot of the circuit looking like the circuit. And then they park on other parts of it and they'll resurface it. I feel like it's been boring twice. And uh, it could be so much better. And this was one where they wanted to do it downtown. And uh, the city said no and pushed them out to the car park. I wish they'd done it downtown. I wish they'd found a way to make it work because Miami is a brilliant city. And this ain't I wish Miami. they'd found a way of destroying the idea altogether and said, why don't you spend all that money on doing another Cota where you can now do a custom-built racetrack and actually have yeah. amazing racing? So I I'm down on Miami. This could come off the list. As an American, it's hard for me to say, but it could come off the list and I'd be okay with it. Okay, okay. Uh, and then that's... So I think that's it. And I just jumped on to the wikipedia uh to just look at the mexican one because you kind of brought this up and it's a good shout it's like you know baseball stadium park you know what have you but looking at it you know it is named as a racetrack the autodromo hermanas racetrack name and the the government uh that it was a public park but they've actually um purposely built on the land a racetrack so this and they didn't have to stay within the constraints of the park they basically used the, the, the land to say build a custom-built racetrack on this land. So for that reason, I'm saying this is a racetrack. It's not a it's But not the a stadium track. is still used for baseball, no? I can't imagine it is. It's not? That look, That's a year-round, uh, as you would say, asphalt. I might say tarmac, but um, I'm not sure that looks like it slots in and out too easily. Uh, I'll have to do some research. Either way, I don't love Mexico, and so I'd be fine if it came off the calendar. I was just trying to get that in there. 
So I'm just I'm fine I'm with the country. You're, 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 you're going to be a big fan of Formula Street as they roll this out, aren't you? You're uh... no. Okay, so I'm trying to get rid of more of them under this on the Well, let's let's look and see how many we would get rid of. So we've got yeah. one, two, three, four, well, five, six, seven. We got seven. So if we say we've got six or seven street tracks at the moment, and we're going to say we've lost six or seven tracks down the years, um, would you bump out a street track to bring it back? And the first one on our list is Sepang. Yep. And um, now. I was always a sucker for uh, Sepang. I always think it's uh, had good racing, um, good track. Uh, I was a bit gutted when it uh, came off the off the circuit. I was trying to remember when it came off. Actually, it's just, it's been fairly recently that it's held uh, F1. Um, yeah. But yeah, so because I know looking at here, 2017 Malaysian Grand Prix, Seb Vettel uh, has got the uh, fastest lap uh, record there. So okay, so it's not it's come off in recent history. So um kind of sweeping uh circuit lots of uh kind of high speed corners and then a big old, a pair of big old straights this one kind of looks like almost like a, a, a sock puppet right like yeah it does it's coming together it kind of comes around and back out yep so what are your thoughts on sepang well do you want to go through them all and then decide which let's ones go you through them all. And... let's talk quickly okay. about each one and then we'll kind of highlight the next one ones. probably needs no explanation it's the nurburgring in, not the uh, nordic the short but the like, short version yeah. not the big long thing uh, then we have Turkey, Istanbul track. Uh, another German track, Hockenheim. <laughs> Everyone's favorite, Paul Ricard in France. Why are we even mentioning uh, Paul Ricard? Because it's a real racetrack that got taken off the calendar. It's now a that, real racetrack. We it's might a bunch agree of it's not one we bring back, right? With but... painted lines, and you never know if you're making a left or a right. Yet somehow Latifi so gets I'm lost. I'm guessing in that's Japan. not one you want to bring back. Uh, Manicor, in, also in France. Uh, Portugal's Estoril, which I love that track. Uh, and then we throw in an extra one here because it's a good shout by you. It's. I tried to pick ones that had been had like quite a few races held, yep, and yep, yep. I didn't go back too far in time for like ones that no, fell no. off the track, uh, the calendar in the seventies. We tried to go quite recent, but there's one that the F1 community will always shout about and say they want to see added to the calendar full time, which is the other Portuguese track. Uh, you can say it, Brian, because I'm not Portimao. quite sure you say it. It only came in. I think it's only held races twice, and I think it COVID. was the COVID years when yeah. it came in to substitute for it. But it, it, it's a real racetrack. It was able to take uh, F1 category cars, and everyone loved it. So, out of those that we've lost, there's some big names in there that I would not hesitate. Mine, I would want Sepang, Nurburgring, Hockenheim, Estoril. I think both French ones can probably stay off uh, yep, Portimao, and I, I, I want, I'd want Turkey back as well. I do too. I actually would do it. I only have three that jump out at me that I would really. And again, I'm not knocking the German ones either. I'm not taking either the Germans or the French. I'm putting, I'm putting Sepang on. I know. Look at me. I'm putting Sepang on. I'm putting Turkey on. I think the Istanbul track. It's not great, but I enjoy it. And Portimao is my favorite. That's the one. I didn't even know they had a track there till COVID. And then it had been built and not used. And I learned about it during COVID. I thought the racing was good. I love the area, the south and southern part of Portugal where that is, the Algarve. Oh, my God, it's beautiful. I think I may move there. Uh, I don't know if my wife and kids are coming along, but that's okay. I'm just going to go and set up a little shop. The, the Algarve. And I'm just going to sell T-shirts by the side of Portimao. And, and it's going to say, bring back Portimao. I love it. So those so, are the three okay, I would do so, 100%. I would do Sepang. Agree with Sepang is a great track. Um, and what about we didn't mention Africa, Kyle Army? Because that was way too... I don't, I don't, I'm not sure South I was Africa. alive to watch a race. That, I don't that, know that, it that either. That one's but... too far back in history for me to... I think okay. I might have this wrong. Let me just... Uh, I feel like I raced ooh, it on uh, Forza Motorsport and it was great. 
Well, that, you know, that's you gotta uh, learn somewhere. Yeah, uh, South African Grand Prix hosted from 1967 to 1993. You know, so yeah, I don't remember 1990s it, but... when I'm really into F1. So if, I don't really remember it. But again, I'm also thinking of sort of the global reach of F1. And I oh yes, that's a different discussion. I'm adding yeah, this no, I agree, in. Agree, I, I, yeah. I'm adding this in. No, no. Because uh, what I want to say here is, say we got yeah. 24 races on a calendar. Going to hold your feet to the flames and say you're allowed three. There's going to be 21 real racetracks. Oh god, and there's, too many. Because, okay. because no, because we're gonna we're gonna keep um, you're counting Australia and yeah. Canada as kind of those. So it's 19 real racetracks. Those two in there make it 21. You got three street tracks um you're keeping and then three of the racetracks you're going to bring back so which three street tracks are you keeping you're killing me with your 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 numbers here i'm keeping baku i'm keeping monaco and i'm keeping my only three and <laughs> i got singapore and vegas battling it out for me for the third spot uh, well, okay. So I'm keeping I'll keep Monaco, I'm keeping keep Baku, and I'm keeping Vegas. Yeah, those are the three I'm yeah, going to keep. I'm only keeping character. Vegas because I'm American and because of the sphere and because the, the well, racing hinted hinted at something and because it's you Vegas, know Vegas, baby, Vegas. Well, but like, and, if, and this is, and this yeah. is where I think the the kind of the DNA of a street track should be right is that we know it won't be the best racing possible because they can't they can't take public roads and turn them into the same things that custom built racetracks are for. So it has to have that something extra. Uh, uh, je ne sais pas and I think Monaco has got the Saturday I think Vegas has got the sphere and the glamour and the glitz and the strip uh, and Baku's got the old town and actually does deliver probably out of all of these I think maybe some of the best racing we okay yeah. yes we get safety car central it can be processional but we've at least got the chance of some speed and some overtakes so those are the three I'm keeping and I'm really not going to shed a tear about not having any of the others on there I mean, I'm good losing um, Miami. I I would love to throw Mexico in here and just lose them under the conversation here. Um, I I do like Marina Bay in Singapore. That was the hard one for me. And I I don't have I don't hate Jeddah. I think it can be more. And I'm curious to see it kind of stand on its own two feet in the next few years. But yeah, I'm with you. I think it's Baku and it's Vegas. And for me, a slight asterisk tier over Singapore. So um, the three then, because you ejected those three from the calendar, which three racetracks you bring back? Yeah. Oh, it was. I sorry, uh, Portimao. Um, yeah. And then I would put Sepang, and then I would do Turkey. So, yeah, I think this is just Portimao might have been better than Estoril, but I just have yeah uh, younger memories of loving it as a kid. So I'm gonna I'm going for Estoril, Sepang, and Nurburgring. All right. Works. That works. Yeah. And cool. here is the cool part as we close this conversation on tracks. In February, as as referenced briefly, we will once again be doing February F1 fantasticness, just like the March Madness brackets that exist for NCAA basketball. And last year we did drivers. And as I said earlier, there was great conversation on some of these. We will be doing tracks. So look out on Twitter. February 1st, we'll be dropping the first set of votes for people on tracks. And Rob and I will come up with the 16 tracks that are in the conversation for the best. It'll be sort of of recent memory. Um, again, because we're not going to go back to the German Avis track, which was a 47-mile straight line up and down the whatever. Um, but we will look for more recent type tracks that we think should be in the top 16. We'll randomize them and put them up against each other and vote throughout Ooh. February to crown the dirty sides favorite track. You're not putting too much Best effort track. into you're not putting too much effort into the graphic this year, right? Because there was something quite cool about your crayon written um, bracket last year. So I'm kind of hoping that you're I bringing have... back the authenticity of a true sap graphic. <laughs> yes, this crap, and it's almost done. So don't worry. 
It's, it oh, does have man. a picture in the background instead of me just dropping a big trophy in the middle, but you'll see. Good. Oh, I can't and wait. by good, we mean bad. No, it's it's awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to that because it was great when you ran the bracket last year, so uh, that'll be cool. Yeah, so that's that. That's uh, rants of that street tracks over. So now we're going to go and check into how we got on talking to uh, Andy. I won't describe the new format of our kind of DRS section because I think we introduced we it when we it talked there. to Andy and, and, and talked him through it anyway. So, uh, yeah, without any further ado, let's uh, listen to new format DRS featuring new quiz uh, with music man Andy. Box, box. Okay, we have our first guest of season three. And uh, not only is it our first guest, it's our first new running of the 100 Seconds of DRS. So we're going to start today with a running of the 100 Seconds of DRS to get to know our guest. Then we're going to do some chit chatting. And then we're going to have the inaugural running of our brand new quiz show, uh, which we haven't really settled on a name yet, Brian. But we're going to go with Who Wants to Be a Bozo, where the prize is to come on and host a show with uh, the two of us bozos at some point in the future. So anyway, who's the guest? This person I've known for a very long time. And anyone who's a regular listener to the show has heard his music many, many times because it's brilliant. So welcome to the dirty side of the track, Andy. Hello there. Thank you for having me on. Oh, threatened it's... for quite a while. It's an honor to have you on because we finally have someone with talent on here besides Rob. So it's nice, you know. <laughs> oh, I got a compliment somehow, but. Oh, man. No, I meant anyway. But so, Andy, thanks for joining us. This is exciting. And you get to be, as Rob said, not just for season three. We're going to give this whole new shebang approach a try. We appreciate you doing this with us, man. This is scary. It's scary. I know I've I've listened from the start, so I'm used to what the format used to be. And now you're going to throw it at me and change it. The the, the DRS is the same. You know, we're going to count Brian in now. You're going to have your 100 seconds. And then when we do our chit chat with you around kind of, you know, your F1 origin story and probably talk about your amazing music library as well. If there's anything we want to dig into from the 100 seconds, then we can feed that in as well. So without further ado. Um, Brian's going to take you through the 100 seconds. I'm going to run the counter. Uh, Brian, are you ready to administer the questions? I am ready. And are you ready to rock it? I'm ready to say pass. Uh, uh, <laughs> <incredibly> <laughs> uh, okay, you can pass on this one. You won't am be able to pass to? on the quiz later, but um, you can uh, pass on DRS. I mean, it's a sign of weakness if you do, but if you want it, you can go for it. So, okay, here we go. 100 seconds of DRS in three, two, one. Begin. First poster you had on your bedroom wall. Probably a Lamborghini Countach. How do you say it? Yeah, Countach or however you want to do it. It's up there somewhere. Nice. nice. What's your favorite cheese? Three. Uh, What's your favorite F1 track? Bar mm, is the first one that comes to mind. Well, these are good answers. Best Without racing rain. movie of all time. Uh, the center one yes cats or dogs cats coffee or tea coffee favorite non-motorsport sport uh soccer (laughs) thank you for calling it that andy Uh, (laughs) he's gonna hate you best f1 driver (laughs) of all time Mm, mansell is are tires interesting or not? Yeah, I'm afraid they are interesting to me. <laughs> DRS, good or bad? 
bad. What is your favorite food? Uh, kebab. What's the best thing to do on a rain day? Uh, stay inside and look at it. <laughs> if you could swap the cars out for another type of transportation, what would you like to see F1 drivers racing in instead? Um, a picture of those four-seater pedal bike things with the canopies over just came on my head. I don't know why. Stop on, on that bombshell. <laughs> That's awesome. The four-seater pedal bike. 100 bikes. seconds already. That was 100 seconds, yeah. So, um Okay, <laughs> we're going to come back to the four-seater pedal bikes. Um, I, I quite like the view of that because I want to know yeah, whether or I'm not we there should be a co there should there. be a co-pilot in there as well or not. But anyway, um, so going back, you said your favorite uh, favorite mem favorite driver was or best driver of all time was Mansell. So, kind of my sort of getting into it era was late eighties, early nineties when Mansell was about. Is that kind of when you started getting into F one as well? I think that he's my probably my first memory. I remember that uh, was it Monaco when he was just stuck behind Senna, and for laps was upon laps just trying to get past him, and he couldn't, could he? So that's yeah. my first memory of watching F one properly. I think so. That's probably why I said that. And I watched that Red Five documentary that Sky have been putting around. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. That was amazing. Oh, no, I haven't, no. I haven't seen it, no. Yeah, Do I have to have I the red button? Do I need out. the Sky Sports red button on my remote oh, situation? All the, different, all the different buttons and all the different subscriptions that keep going up every month, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't um, think that one's made it over here at all. I haven't seen that advertised on any platform, actually. No, I'll have to try to find a special way of uh, accessing that one, maybe through a, <clears throat> a VPN. Yeah. The uh, I like the Countach, the Lambo, on your poster on your bedroom wall. I look back at that era of car... And now, I mean, posters, you had what you could get. But, like, if you had to pick a Ferrari Testarossa or Ferrari F40 or the Lambo Countach or the McLaren F1, if you remember that one with the three-seater layout, which of those four cars would you choose from that era? Now, I'm today. changing my answer to F40 now. Yeah, me too. The F40 is great. I Definitely. agree with you. I had the Lambo on my wall, too, and it had the massive rear wing, which everyone who's ever driven a Lambo says makes worse. Um, you're supposed to get it without the rear wing, but dude, that 40, right? I mean, I have, where is it? It's up there. It is up here. You've got okay. the poster. I want, I'm interested to see if well, it's the same poster I had. Is it the black? Is it the white Lamborghini on a black background? Oh, no, we had the red counts, one. That doesn't it? That yeah. does count. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that count. counts. For Although, anyone, you know, if you're not on the video like... here, he has the classic red Lamborghini oh, yeah, so... with the with the bull logo on the side as well. And I had the white one where it was it was kind of classic, like uh, those old school posters of the day. It was like the black poster with the white Lamborghini with the doors open. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I had. I mean, I do not think um, it. You have to see it from the correct angle, I think, don't you? Because if you sort of go around the side, it starts to just look like a, a Ford Escort or something. <laughs> then... I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't think there are many I, angles. I get into watching these guys on YouTube um, rebuilding them on stuff, and you sort of see inside them. It's like, oh, it's just a, a normal car under there, and you're just getting the parts from Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, you may be a musical genius, and the things you send over are amazing, but I don't think there's any way you can find an angle of a Lamborghini Countach where it looks like a Ford Escort. 
<laughs> do I want to dig into that for a minute, actually, because we were kind of running down the uh, the contributions you've made to this pokey little pod over our kind of couple of years, right? And we, we were kind of saying before we went on air, you've you've also it's led into some really bizarre situations where when you recorded uh, the kits, the thank you song to Pit Lane Paul, and you had your I don't know if we call him a rock star. Or not. I'm just going to call him. You had, you had a singer in your car in a car park outside. Was it Heathrow or was it, it was London Airport? Was it or where were you when you were recording that you, song for how us? How far do you, that that story began in Brighton, where I was doing a gig with him, and then we said our goodbyes, and he was going back to France. So I drove off, and then my phone rang again. It was him, and England had just had. We just had a load of rain and it had brought down leaves everywhere and all the trains stopped. He couldn't get to Gatwick. So I had to race back, pick him up, drive him up to Gatwick. Uh, the road was completely flooded. We went through like basically a river and there were lots of cars abandoned. Um, and then we pulled up in a petrol station just outside Gatwick. And I said, hey, it's meant to be. So we played the track threw some headphones off my phone and he sang into his phone and read them off my read the words that you'd written rob off my ipad in the car <laughs> amazing <laughs> and then he gets out and he sort of runs across this motorway or something to get to gatwick he's gone I'm like whoa and then i tried to get home through all those floods and put the song together wow <laughs> so we go to a lot of effort well i mean but just the production value that comes across. I mean, I, my personal favorite is probably, although that is an amazing song, my personal favorite is still the one you did for uh, um, the Valtteri episode, which we kind of dine out on a, on a lot. That was uh, uh, yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Did enjoy that. It was not only was it amazing. I think you also put a hey now quietly in a lot of these things along the way. If it's not prominently featured for any reason, and you did that, but I gotta Jeez. say this: I'd never heard the Valerie song just I'm not I should have I don't know I'd never what? heard it I know right it's it, it, I got a lot of problems okay <laughs> and so I'm on a plane last week flying from Jacksonville to Chicago here in the states and I put the headphones on and uh, they brought back I could hear the in cockpit communication with air traffic control which is an old-fashioned thing and I long grew up on it and anyway point of the story is I go go through the music channels to get there and I hear this song I'm like Hang on a second. Is this Andy's song for Valtteri? No, it was actually the <laughs> Valerie song is playing. And I'm singing along to it, Rob's lyrics with your tune. And I think the people around me were annoyed because you're not supposed to sing on an airplane. But that was me. Sorry. That's amazing that you were probably the only person in the world to have not heard that tune and thought uh... it was mine. <laughs> totally. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about your F1 fandom, right? So you mentioned a little bit of Mansell and movies and tracks, Spa and and like what? Where are you today? Um, like what's your what's your team today, or driver, or what's your or do you not care and you just enjoy a good race? Like what's your favorite kind of situation in today's F1 world? I think I try to take in the whole thing rather than be just obsessed with a driver or the tires. But I try to take the whole thing in. I like to just be zoned in, not disturbed, blinkers on and watch the whole thing. I don't get much chance to watch all the proper build up undisturbed, but I'd love to if I could. Um, and all the stuff afterwards, 
Ted's notebook and things like that. I don't you get you get that as well, don't you? You get the sky feed, don't you? So we get the sky feed of the race and then it turns off yeah. usually. Sometimes oh, okay. we can go on and get like the F1 channels feed or you can get Ted's notebook usually on YouTube somewhere illegally here in the States. And that's how I always catch when Paul is saying something to Ted and uh, usually catch it there because it's funny to watch. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we get, it's got better now, um, but our feed used to almost cut off the moment the podium celebration had finished. It would list literally like a real harsh kind of cut to a woman in a studio telling us that, well, actually, it wasn't even a woman in the studio <laughs> at one point. It was just a F1 was sponsored by Mother's Polish and that was it. And then all of a sudden you dropped into a baseball there, feed or, yeah. you know, lawnmower racing in Kentucky. It just would just stop. <laughs> But it's kind of got a bit better now. We maybe get an extra five minutes post podium, but they they still cut us pretty quickly. But... Ah, that's a shame. Yeah, it's kind of what made me laugh. You're like, getting discuss... our, our our commentary and things like with Brundle. Brundle yeah, is we... Formula One. Yeah, and to see the celebrities that don't know that shun him is amazing. We do it? have that part, so that is fantastic. Like I. I do sometimes recoil from how cringy it is. Like I'll watch it and he'll not know who they are and they won't know who he is always. And it's like, oh, I feel so awkward at this moment. I have to kind of hide in the corner of the room and just hope Actually, that Megan that Stallion of, isn't there. Yeah, I haven't thought of it the other way around where there's often the time like, surely Martin Brundle doesn't know who this pop star is, but somebody is in his ear, aren't they? He's telling him to go and talk to this person. Yep. But then the other way around, they don't know who he is. So, yeah. It's I mean, if you're a newer fan in America, the odds of knowing who the hell Martin Brundle is, pretty low. They need to be briefed, don't they? they They're should. basically writing off their career. <laughs> At least you're going to look dumb for a little while. Yeah, I mean, for me, he's kind of, yeah, he's as synonymous with the grid walk as kind of, I would say, almost Murray Walker was with the commentary, right? Although Murray Walker was much bigger, kind of transcends, transcended the sport. I kind of... Uh, I'm not sure I have Crofty in that in that bracket yet. The um, he's got a distinctive nah. voice and he does his little sound bites, but it's I'm just starting to sound like an old man now, where I just kind of say that no one no one's ever going to be Murray. The line catchphrase. I can't I can't go with and what was it? I can't even remember what it is. Lights out and away we and go. Here we go. Yeah. yeah no. Go. Rob, <laughs> you sound like an old man. You are you are an old man. No, I'm not moving on. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, so what were we talking about? Um, yeah, I love all the tech and things like that. I'm into all that, and I wish we could experience that properly and not have it sort of gl glanced over sometimes. Yeah, get all the detail about because we don't know what the, car, the difference between the cars apart from the color, do we? Yeah, it's. I, I, t I tell you what, I've actually <laughs> found since we started doing the pod, and you kind of start following more people on social media, you find that there's more technical insights through various different people uh like on twitter whether it be dr obs or other people like that that kind of bring a lot of the hey when you saw this thing here's what it means here's kind of vortices going over aerodynamic surfaces and all this kind of stuff mm. and i find that f1 doesn't lean into that enough they they because i think they're trying to go mainstream and get all the eyeballs on it they don't want a snooze fest of kind of going into and now here's f1 physics for the next hour but yeah they could give us a bit they do seem to like you say they kind of well, gloss over it too much i i thought this through I and mean, like most of us haven't driven one of those cars we've got no idea what downforce feels like um and i thought it's a bit like if you haven't ever lifted up a shot put and we're watching somebody throw this looks like a ball not very far 
on TV. It's not much of a spectacle, is it? <laughs> and I think, did you uh, you remember Richard Hammond on Top Gear many years yes. ago when he had a go in the Benetton? And that really made me go, oh my God, these drivers are incredible. Because he couldn't get round a corner, could he? No, he the couldn't get off the line. So We've referenced it before. I think strong. he stalled it like, yeah, he stalled it like 15 times just trying to pull it yeah. away. Um, and he's going, I can't a... think fast enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because this is a guy who's for his living is throwing sports cars around a track and making it look easy. And then, like you say, he takes a step into one of these things and not a chance. So, yeah, I agree. They could, yeah. they could bring us in a bit more to kind of explain a bit more about what it means to drive one of these machines. I, yeah, it's a good point. Well, but I guess you do miss a lot of Sky's build-ups before they do do some good pieces. And yeah, uh, we don't we don't Channel get a ton of here that. as well. We get basically the track, yeah. the grid walk, and that's about it. Um, so surely that's going to come over there more because they're obviously trying to build it up even more. They need to do well. They've got Kentucky Lawnmower Racing to show on ESPN, and they can't can't let that get in the way. <laughs> so, Andy, obviously, mm. you know the DRS the chat, the musical contributions of, a, of a, an artistic genius, you still have one more thing to do, and it is to be the inaugural participant, guest, what is, I don't know, contestant? Contestant, uh, yeah. Who wants to be a bozo? But uh, we're going to play a special song that Andy made for this, and we're going to play the long version. We're going to probably trim it a little oh, bit. Yeah. The second version is a little shorter, but it's really good. So enjoy the next 40 seconds of the best 40? game show music you've ever heard. And you imagine yourself. play the whole thing. Well, you made this. We're playing it. It's awesome. And we will trim it. But for the inaugural time, everyone gets to hear. We need to get a voiceover person to come in. Like, we need to find a proper American. Hey, now. Who wants to be a boxer? Ladies and gentlemen. Coming That's to you live from Dirty Side Studios. Filmed inside in front of a live TV audience. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. I need a butterfly collar. Right, okay. I love that. And let's... All right, we will stop. At the right. Uh, yeah, I don't it's not very ability. good on the fade, Andy. It's it's either on I, or off at the moment. I We're trying to learn new skills. So many buttons over here. I can only do so many. I've things. done this before. I've sent you a whole thing expecting you to pick ten seconds, and you played the whole thing. And I'm going, oh. Well, we we do I, what I know. we can. And I know that's why you right. spoon fed Sorry. us this time by giving us the long track and the short ten second versions. And the, well. the ten second version oh, will be the intro in the end. Did you see my but... face? Did you see my face drain when you said um, about me hiding hay nows in the songs? No, no. Because is, is there, there a hay now hidden in that I, one? I just realised I forgot to put one in that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Oh, that's okay. We'll we, let you off. You, yeah. You've done enough for us. Right. Okay. So, the uh, format of this is in no way, shape, or form completely ripped off from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Mm -hmm. uh, Fifteen questions of increasing difficulty. Um, three banks of five, basically. First five, uh, hang your head in shame if you don't get to the fifth, uh, get the first five right. Uh, next five will be a little bit more taxing, and then we think the final five are, are pretty taxing. You're going to have, I'm going to introduce, uh, read each question in your four options. Once I've finished my four options, Brian's going to start a timer. You're going to have 10 seconds to give us your answer. Okay? So that's the easy part. Okay. You do have three lifelines. However, it's way too technologically challenging for us to try to get you to phone a friend. We just don't even know how we would make that work. So we have three F1-style uh, 
lifelines for you, okay? You have box box. Uh, are you changing tires? No, you can change the question. So you can do this once. If we read a question out and you don't like it and you're like, oh my God, I got no idea. You can say box box and we will swap for another question. Yeah, right, well, you're going to write this down, aren't you? You're going to write <laughs> these, I love in this. You can also deploy uh, rather than do 50 50 because oh, it's too hard down. for us to work out uh, to take away two questions. Four. You can deploy two stop strategy, which is you can have two bites of the cherry. So if you hear a question, you're like, oh, I'm between two. You can play your two-stop strategy oh, and you'll get okay. to, uh, to give two answers. And then the last one, which you can only use on the first one of the first 14 questions, you can't use it on the last one, is activate DRS, which will allow you to skip the question completely. So you've either got box box, which is change the question out for another one. You've got two-stop uh -huh. strategy, which is get two guesses, or you've got activate DRS. You can use all three of them in your run, but each one can only be used one. So <clears throat> okay. are Put you ready on, to go? Okay, so we're going to go with question number one. Brian, you ready for the 10-second timer once I've finished uh, reading out the four options? I am, and I like Andy a lot, but I'm still finding the uh, you got the answer wrong button over here, just in case, with his confidence level. <laughs> Not for the first one, surely. Okay, here we go, Andy. Uh, who does Max Verstappen drive for? Red Bull, Red Frog, Red Dog, or Red Wings? Red Bull. Yes, well done. I thought you were going to make us go the full 10 seconds then. Okay, question number two. America's leading Formula One podcast is called The Dirty Side of the Car, The Dirty Side of the Paddock, The Dirty Side of the Track, or The Dirty Side of the Garage? Oh, yeah. He's displaying his T-shirt. Cheating. You are cheating. You brought you brought work. You brought homework notes in. That's not good. Okay. What is the first position on the grid called? Is it stick position, pole position, polar position, or race position? It is this pole position. See, I told you you're going to get to the first five. Everybody on Millionaire gets to the first five. Okay, stopping to get new tyres is referred to as what? A quick stop, a hole stop, a tyre stop, or a pit stop? That would be a pit stop, sir. See, see look at this. Easing your way in there. This is easy. Race winners traditionally spray what drink? Champagne, water, orange juice, or chocolate milk? Uh, champagne. There we go. Look at that. He has navigated the first five. There is no hanging his head in shame. Okay. And no lifelines used either. This is this is very good. Okay. I forgot about this. Um, question number six. Well, <laughs> I to forgot be about fair, it if anyone, if anyone <clears throat> plays them in the first five, I think we might <clears throat> kick them off the show. But uh, <laughs> uh, How much money six, am I on? Uh, oh yeah, you're on loads of money. Yeah, there's loads of money. There's there's literally all or nothing here. You're either gonna get to the fifteenth. Oh, and by the way, if multiple people get all fifteen right across the course of the season, we might have to come up with some kind of uh, uh, kind of playoff. But we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, which city does Brian live closest to? Miami, Chicago, New York, or Pittsburgh? And I gave you a hint on the flight just two minutes ago. You you're running the timer. Let's say in the background. Uh, that poster behind you doesn't say anything. Um, Five seconds. Chicago. Oh, look at that. He's just got it in before the time. And a good one. Yeah. Good one. Well done. Got it. Right. On to question seven. Um, who was the last world champion before Max Verstappen? Was it Lewis Hamilton, Nico Rosberg, Sebastian Vettel, or Kimi Raikkonen? Um, I was thinking I shouldn't rush in. But what I was going to rush in with was Lewis Hamilton. Final answer. answer. <laughs> <Yes>. Correct. 
Okay, question number eight. You are killing this. Which of the following tracks is the longest? Jeddah, Baku, Monaco, or Spa? This is risky. Is it time to use some of my things? So got to tell us before the time is up. Uh, can I use my two-stop thing then? Oh yeah, okay, right. So bite of the cherry number <clears> one <throat> is. Um, I'm gonna go spa. Correct. Didn't need to use the way. Didn't need to use the oh. lifeline. Spa, longest track on the current F1 calendar. Uh, actually. I think oh, I didn't notice that. I think Jed is not too far behind it. Monaco is the obvious stupid one thrown in there because it's the shortest one on the uh, on the calendar. Right. So on to question nine. Hamilton's seven world right. titles ties in with which other driver? Jim Clark, Fangio, Schumacher, or Senna? Schumacher, straight in there. Yes, yeah, straight in there. Very okay, well done. Question. Very well done. Very well done. I'm getting cocky. You are. Question <laughs> number ten. The world record for the fastest pit stop happened in F1 last year, but which team set it? Mercedes, McLaren, Red Bull, or Haas? Not Mercedes, not Haas. Uh, uh, McLaren, I'm going for McLaren. Oh, he's got it. He's nailed it. Nailed it. Right, nice. okay, so you've gone through the first ten. Uh, so that's the two. Now we've got a little bit harder. Um... Okay. What have I got? I've used said. my two stop. You've used your two stop. You've got I've DRS and you've got on. your um, uh, box box. Okay. Monaco is the shortest track on the grid, but has the second highest number of corners. How many does it have? 15, 17, 19, or 21? Uh... How long's how long have we got, Brian? Five seconds. I have a left. guess, but I'm gonna i I'm gonna skip I'm gonna skip it, but I'll, Oh activating I'll DRS, what would you have gone for? Um I was gonna say seventeen, but you didn't give me that as an option, did you? I did. 15, 17, 19, or 21. Oh, so you would have said 17 oh, and you would have been 17. wrong. So well done on playing the DRS. It was 19. 19. Okay, oh. on to question twelve. Who won the first ever Formula One race held at Silverstone in nineteen fifty? Was it Farina, Fangio, Fagioli, or Parnell? Um, no idea. So I'll use. What have I got left? You've only got one left. You've got box box, which is uh, swap the question for another one in swap its place. It. Okay. okay. No. Well, this one should place your left. strengths. No yeah. lifelines left. At question, uh, where are we? Question twelve. Uh, 12. So. This one hopefully plays into, based on your DRS, maybe is your sweet spot. So Nigel Mansell has won World Drivers' Championship to his name, but in what year did he win it? 1990, 1991, 1992, or 1993? Again, I had the wrong one in my head. Uh... <laughs> you thought it was like 1989 or 1994? Five seconds left. <laughs> Five seconds, Andy. 91. Ah, uh, it was earlier. Wait, I got the official song. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> Do you know the right answer, Brian? 92. It was an amazing 92. series. 92. Brian was, was on the, the year that Alan Prost was his, that was his off year uh, when he was out romancing other drivers' girlfriends and wives and ex-wives. But 
So we have 11 questions answered correctly. We faltered at question 12. But I'm going to say that is a pretty good run for the first ever run on that. I'm, uh, you know, that, that you would definitely go into the top of the leaderboard on this, Andy. <laughs> well done, sir. Well, I've set a nice marker. It's beatable, but you can, yeah. But nice very respectable. Very well done. Very respectable. Yeah. Actually, you know, I was quite was pleased with well, how that panned that. out. I thought the lifelines worked all right there. So, um, yeah, and you did. You played the DRS well because you would have uh, bombed out on the uh, on that eleventh one, uh, getting tripped up by the corners. So, um, the one that you uh, swapped out for, I will give you the right answer on that. I could be lazy and keep it for another week, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. So the the first ever F1 winner at Silverstone, we did cover it in our delving down the decades. We gave it as the pub quiz answer. Um, Fangio was in the race, and so was Fagioli. In fact. Um, and so was Parnell. So the trick was that all four of them were in the race, but it was Farina. Farina was the first ever winner of an F1 race in the current guise of the championships. Who also so. was the first ever F1 world champion, I believe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't the question, so I didn't research it. Oh, Andy, it was amazing to have you on. Uh, a, from a purely selfish perspective, to see my old school buddy on again, but B, just from, uh, like we kind of said changed. earlier, like the just the stuff you've done for us. We haven't paid you a dime and you just consistently kind of come through for us. Whenever I send you a frantic WhatsApp saying, no, um, we sent you a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but when I send you a frantic WhatsApp saying, Andy, I need some music that kind of does this. And I give you like the world's worst brief in the world. And then you just churn out genius. So for that, thank you very much, sir. It is a pleasure. It is equal honor to be in it. Well, and it, it was great for me to meet you. <laughs> thank you so much, Andy. And for everything you've done, to support us like rob said just super appreciated and thank you for being the guinea pig on the first ever who wants to be a bozo i'm not sure that name will stick we'll see but the idea well, will stick around so andy what i need so to do andy us. oh sorry before we just say bye yeah. i do need to try to put this out into the universe because sometimes you can speak things into existence but i had my brother come over in uh, last summer and he kind of went outside on my deck and he jammed with my neighbor jim so we had two musicians on the dirty side jamming together the intro music and the drs music i need to find a way you know you need to come on over to the uh us i need to get my brother over as well and then we need to get the three of you jamming together for some oh, yeah, dirty yeah. side ensemble the dirty side festival that's right that's right <laughs> and then kind of like when rob and paul and i ended up at a bar in montreal and just all yelled hey now into a phone as we passed it around in the middle of the night I think their output will be slightly more. Uh, well, I mean, they're talented and, and you talented and I are than not. us. Yeah. So, Andy, thank you for joining us. And uh, we will open this up now to all the listeners. Even if you've run the DRS before, come join us for just for the quiz for the Who Wants to Be a Bozo and see whomever at the end of the season uh, has the highest score gets to host an episode with us. So it'll be a great time. Andy, man, thank not you only so much. I was going to say, not what only host. That? That's the prize, is it? Yeah. Yeah. You get to pick a, pick oh. an episode of your choice to come on and host. And not only that, me and Brian, this is hot off the press. We were discussing this before we recorded, but we're going to also hand over the reins to the Hey Now uh, is going to be uh, done by the winner as well. Brian's oh, passing over the keys to the castle. Hmm? Hang on. No, it's failed. No. 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 The sandwich rant. Oh, bread. No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andy. Thank you for letting me get away with sampling you and uh, turning that. I I did nearly 
I nearly didn't send it. I thought, hang on a minute, I don't know this guy. What am I doing? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> All right. Have a wonderful Thank day, you. man. Thank you for joining us. Box, box. Oh, thank you so much, Andy. It's um, It's been a while trying to get him on and sow the seed that he needed to come on because he's he's done so much for us. He's been absolutely brilliant. And um, like I think I said uh, on there, I would love to get kind of the, the three musical uh, folk that we've had make contributions to the show to get together and just jam because it would be awesome. But uh, And I think I made yeah, a comment I where I accidentally said you have talent. I meant to say you don't talent. I screwed that up as I was trying to pick on you and my brain froze. And I ended up Thanks. calling you talented. So I don't know what the hell happened <laughs> there. Yeah, that was great. Andy is, to, is great. And Andy, thank you again for doing that and for the music. And just for everyone's benefit, the reason we're kind of doing this, and I know we explained it, so I won't go into it, but if people have done the 100 seconds before, come back on and do the quiz. And so yeah. we don't always anticipate having both DRS and quiz. Depends, sort of depends on the guest if we do one, the other, or both. And for anyone who's done the DRS, come do the quiz, and you can be a bozo with us one time. So as we uh, And said. also, we have a decent score on the leaderboard for people to go yes. after now. So uh, yes. what was it, 11 and failed at the 12th. So um, You're the start, one recording good... that, so you'll have to... I, I did put it on the spreadsheet. I just have the spreadsheet open now for memory because okay. we recorded that yesterday. Then I'm thinking he hit 11 and, and messed up on the 12th. Okay. So uh, why not? That seems right. We'll find out when we listen back and I screwed it up. Uh... <laughs> oh, and with that, we just want to say thanks to everybody. We will share our buy me a coffee if you're so inclined and have the uh, the ability to do so. Yes. Yeah, no, on that. Good, good shout. So, um Thank you ever so much for people that have uh, kind of come onto the Buy Me a Coffee. We we plugged like uh, maybe that's what led to the YouTube thing because we bought an advert last week and promoted the the Prost uh, episode, which was uh, oh. fantastic. Kind of ran that for a week on Facebook, um, but we've kind of got we don't have money to pump into this thing so there's no big uh prizes or anything that we can put behind the members entrance we kind of put in some uh like desktop wallpapers and, and stuff like that but also if anybody does kind of like those 3d livery models that we've been doing recently and we may have some more coming for our valtteri anniversary episode um we put something on the buy me a coffee as well so i think it's like I put a limit of about like 20 because it takes me a while to make them. Um, but if you do want a custom livery, and I think it's like a couple of bucks, and we will make you one up, put it on a background of your choice, and you can have. We've done a, I did a Packers one for Brian. You've probably seen uh, on social media if you've seen it. We've done various different ones, ice hockey ones, Guns and Roses ones, Night Rider. Um, so yeah, if you fancy a wallpaper based of an F1 car with a livery of your choice, then jump on Buy Me a Coffee, and uh, we'll make that for you, and you can help support the pod. Awesome. That's fantastic. And we will, as always, be Talk F1 with everybody, with all the dirty siders. We appreciate you all so very much. Have a wonderful week. We are getting closer to livery launches, car reveals, drive to survive, and not all that far away from testing. Have a great week, everybody. Be well, be safe, have fun.